following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Nothing on this show is a recommendation to buy or sell securities. While stocks and the stock market will be discussed on this program, check with your financial advisor or a professional before investing. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show, coming to you from the Dupree Financial Group Studios on Main Street. Today we have Adarsh Meshru, Mike Johnson, Philip Sexton, and Tom Dupree with us. It's a full house, and here's our host, Tom Dupree. Well, guys, um, it's been an interesting week, but the thing we're going to talk about today is um, the article that came out of the Wall Street Journal this week about what happened back in March, March 16th to be exact, and uh, it, it discusses a day when there was a real meltdown in the markets. The market was down 13% that day. But the other thing that, that occurred was that the bond markets pretty much seized up in a violent way. And, you know, watching these things, if you have a career in this industry – especially in recent years, you've seen some of these phenomena happen where uh, there will be no bid or something goes wrong. There's no liquidity. There's, it, things seize up. And um, this is an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal that describes what happened on that day. Right. So... It was pretty amazing because, you know, looking at the just the stock market on that day, you know, the market obviously was down uh, what it was. In fact, it was the third uh, biggest drop in the history of the stock market. Uh, the previous one, the second biggest drop was during the Great Depression, and the biggest ever was in 1987. Right. I remember that day. Uh, but just reading this article, you know, uh, makes you think about everything else that happened apart from the stock market, you know, in the commercial paper market, the municipal bond market, corporate bonds, uh, everything pretty much seized up, mortgage bonds. At the same time, sometimes you'll have a big drop in the stock market, but bonds will do, it'll be strong. And, right. and you don't usually have a day when all financial assets seem to seize up simultaneously. Right. So... The closest I remember was 08, 09, when we had days, you know, the commercial uh, paper market seized up, money market funds. Uh, I think a couple went under in 08, 09. Yeah, they, they couldn't maintain a $1 uh, NAV. Right. So this this was definitely uh, 
You know, that there's been so much calm in the last 10 years since the financial crisis and all of a sudden, you know, this completely shook everything. But, right. Um the, this article talks about uh stock market volatility spiked to a record high. Investors struggled to unload even safe bonds like treasuries. Companies and government officials were losing access to the lending markets. And it appears that it was caused by an announcement from the Fed that they were going to lower interest rates and be in there buying bonds and the the announcement from the Fed that was supposed to reassure markets spooked them even worse. That's that's true and that's the tricky part about what the Fed does, you know, is it what they actually do that gives market confidence or is it what they say? What they say right and in this case the following wednesday just 3 days later they were supposed to announce their they they were going to have their next meeting but instead just because they announced this rate cut on a sunday that that really spooked markets so yeah. the markets thought things were a lot worse well, now, well one of the things that i think to add to this too is when you compare it to 0809 and when you know money market funds broke the buck um what was going on the banks were in trouble um right. you know and you you had bank runs left and right and and this you know a lot of bank goldman sachs had to had to go in and buy some assets from some of their money market, market funds, funds this time to to make sure they didn't break the buck but they were not in trouble right uh, one of the things um you know on this same article uh executives uh so this is uh, michael collins a, a senior investment officer at pgim fixed income executives told him that sunday's emergency fed rate cut had swung a swath of interest rate swap con uh, contracts in banks favors companies had locked in super low interest rates on future debt sales over the past year but when rates fell even further the company suddenly owed additional collateral on that yeah. monday banks had to account for all that new collateral as assets on their book so when mr rao called senior executives for an explanation on why the banks wouldn't trade they had the same refrain there was no room to buy bonds and other assets and still remain in compliance with tougher guidelines imposed by regulators after the previous financial crisis uh in other words capital rules intended to make the financial system safer were at least yep. in this instance draining Un liquidity unintended consequences unintended consequences so the banks this go around had all the had all of the ability from a a financial soundness to be able to step in and act as a buffer but they were hamstrung yeah which caused the fed to have to step in well i think it's the amazing thing to me is you know you, you talk about when markets seize up and you, you, in your mind you think okay you know you're you're not able to trade something but you see the cascading effects and where that goes and that's what's just mind-boggling so it went to money markets you know 56 billion dollars that came out of bond funds to the banks to and because of what happened at the banks they weren't able to buy that translated into the mortgage bond arena which translated yeah. further and so it's it's this chain reaction that just goes all the way through the economy just overnight yeah uh, and and that's that's the thing that's so amazing and you know uh just it's freaky you know yeah. looking back thinking on it i mean you know when you see a 
twelve and a half percent drop in a day in, in the market in stocks. Uh, but then you had you know the, some of the widest spreads in corporate bonds you know that yeah. day too because there were no bids. Uh, so that's that's what it means when financial markets seize up. Right. It's much more violent than what the word conveys. And I have a question too, Adarsh. Um, you may be able to answer this. You were talking about the Fed's words, you know, sometimes acting um, against them. I wonder, you know, in this article it talks about when the Fed, you know, came out Sunday when the market was expecting them to come out Monday and they cut rates and they announced the $200 billion bond buying program. It made the market fear um, – they the market already had fear and it made them think that their worst fears were being realized because but, they thought the fed was afraid yeah but i'm if, wondering if the fed telegraphs that we're afraid then the market's really going to be afraid right but i'm wondering though i'm going to put it into an analogous perspective it's almost like getting a positive test for strep throat and the doctor prescribing tylenol Almost because from what really happened was the Fed came out with a two hundred billion dollar bond buying program, and it was gone yeah, in a that, matter of minutes on yeah, that it wasn't next enough. day. It wasn't enough, and it would would that be more of a a thing uh, to think about from a you know a perspective looking back on this or that they didn't go big yeah. enough? Do you think that it would be more that they didn't go big enough or that there let's was think about that while we go to a commercial break? You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. We'll be back in just a minute. As we face perhaps the most contentious presidential election in history. On election day 2020. Under nearly unprecedented circumstances. I'm proud to endorse Joe Biden for president. There are a whole lot of factors in play. The re-election of Donald Trump would do irreparable damage to the United States. So we'll cut through the chaos and bring you the info you need. Can you imagine if these people treated me fairly? News Radio 630. The election would be over. WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree of Dupree Financial Group. There are many voices advising you about how to invest your money these days. In fact, we believe there's never been a more important time to have a financial advisor. Our motto is educate, guide, and empower. These are the things we do with our clients, and we attempt to do this through our radio show. Our approach is based on research. We look at the facts presented by the financial statements of the companies we study. For a free review of your retirement investment portfolio, give us a call at 859-233-0400 or look at our website at dupreefinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Six thirty, WLAP. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. During that break, Darsh had just one quick minute to think about what he was thinking about. So, in terms of buying, the Fed could go a trillion if they wanted to. I mean, they they could they could basically say we're going to buy every bond in the universe, and right. their 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 balance sheet is in a sense, boundless. It, it is, yes. And uh, 
Well, in theory, they could even start buying stocks if they wanted to. They don't have the authority yet, but I mean, they didn't have the authority to do other things, which they do now. So, yes, you're right. They're, buying, they're buying bond ETFs. Right, right, which is also a new bond, right? right? Yeah. So, and they did certain things which they haven't done since the 50s, which they didn't even do during the financial crisis. And part of it was getting to the corporate bond uh, market. Apparently, they had in the 50s, which I didn't know. Uh, hmm. Can't remember what happened then. In normal times, it used to be the only thing the Fed would buy were, were, were T-bills. Right. They would either buy bills or sell bills. Then then they got into mortgage backs and in a huge way, and now they've gotten into everything. Right. And that just goes to show how you know, fragile things can become, the financial system can become sometimes. And uh, this crisis of liquidity is severe in that companies can be solvent, but if there's a lack of liquidity, then liquidity crisis can result in a solvency crisis. So that's the Fed's uh, biggest fear. And that's why they've been acting. And this time around, what had happened was even worse than the financial crisis in that the impact on the economy was going to be so much bigger. So they just tried to preempt it. Do you sense, I'm going to do an analogy for the Fed. It's like a healthy body gets an infection and then you give it an antibiotic and it gets better. Next time it gets an infection and you give it more of an antibiotic, gets another infection and you give it more, and then you get to the point where the body is living on antibiotics all the time. The, the immune system gets so compromised that it has to constantly have antibiotics. <coughs> I feel like that our economy has gotten that way with the Fed that the real economy is so dependent upon the Fed to buy and sell uh, bonds in the open market and, and that kind of thing that, and, and they're, uh, they used to be kind of the thing of last resort. Now they're a major player in the whole economy and, and they've only gotten bigger and bigger since the financial crisis and this meltdown was back in December, people didn't know what was going on with the repo market and the fed was having to put money into the repo market, $200 billion on a daily basis. They couldn't, couldn't get the repos to work. And it could have been because of regulations, but somehow banks between banks, repos weren't working and the fed was in, in there doing that. Well, the repo market is a huge integral part of banking. It always has been. And it's, it's kind of like part of the immune system has been replaced by the fed. Antibiotic drip. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, going back to the going back to not the just repo, drip mainline. <laughs> going back to the the repo market, you know that was that was um, a lot of repo funding was done through money market funds, 
Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you had this draw on money market funds. So the access of capital for repo markets w- had, had been hit. And what I would, my question I would pose, um, for either one of you all, Tom or Adarsh is, you know, historically looking something that we've done is that we've built securities based upon securities based upon securities. And so the more complicated we've made things, the more a, a small liquidity problem can just flat out just murder you. You know, I mean, you go back to the fifties of Darsh to use an example, you know, you, you didn't have going, you know, 08, 09, you didn't have like CDO, CDO squared, things yeah. like that. And, you know, now you have all these different things that if you get just a small liquidity problem in just like a regular mortgage, it rolls through trillions of dollars worth of other bets onto that. And that's what's put a lot of pressure on the Fed. What is C? What did you say? CDO square? Collateralized debt obligation. Yeah. It's like a... Explain to the listeners what that is a little bit. It's a, it's a security of a security. It's a, it's a package of securities. It's a, it's a bond like instrument that has collateral behind it. That is another kind of a bond. And so, and then that might even be collateralized by another kind of a bond. You could have layers of collateral. So when I was reading this article, I felt like I was reading the big short, the movie, <laughs> yeah. you know, where let me explain this. And then it was always you have funny. one guy at the and, roulette table and, and they bet black. And then a guy standing behind him bets this other person standing behind him that he's going to hit black. And then the other person behind them bets that. So the, the side bet <laughs> becomes much bigger yes. than the, than the actual action. And I think that, you know, to your antibiotic mainline, I think that that's what we've created is, is that we've have so much security and money being traded on such a small pie that when the pie just gets slightly out of whack, it throws everything crazy. That's true. And uh, it, it seems to be getting worse you know yeah it's like nobody learned anything from the from the financial crisis right and the the fed's balance sheet was about 800 billion prior to the financial crisis today it's over five trillion so it's just been expanding trying to buy these securities every time there's a crisis well every time they say they want to get rid of qe and start uh rolling off the uh uh portfolio another crisis hits where they got, what are we on QE five now? Or, you know, I mean, it, it's, you know, they just keep going back to doing it. Right. And you know, the alternative to that is also pretty scary. And I, I think the, the fed is, itself is scared of the alternative, which is just let things fail and let things settle down. We were talking about that book that Jim Grant wrote, the forgotten depression. That's exactly what they did back then to just let everything liquidate um, and go bankrupt and, and go bankrupt. And uh, that's, that's a fear right now. And the fed is hesitant to do it. And so is the, the government, you know, whichever government may, may be in power. Well, not only do you have corporations, you got States that are in big trouble and are basically insolvent, Illinois, they're just waiting 
for a Democrat to get in the White House to bail them out. Kentucky, insolvent, really, if you get right down to, if you start looking at, uh, and what's this governor talking about? You know, he's talking about um, when restaurants can reopen at 33%. There is no talk about the uh, budget. People are just looking past this stuff. They're in total denial. Right. The unemployment insurance, um, last I saw it was, they were anticipating, you know, a few days or a few weeks of unemployment insurance in the, in the trust basically. Yeah. And so they're going to have to go and borrow money for the unemployment coffer, um, because, and so they're going to be paying interest on what they're borrowing for the unemployment. So it's so a, it's stupid. a steamroll. Well, I think to, to further that conversation on the unemployment and, you know, Tom, you, you pay unemployment insurance. Um, I do. Luckily, I think so. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, nobody here has had to file that. But, you know, typically when an unemployment file happens, your unemployment insurance goes up on, on a business-by-business business basis. You know, what what is this going to do to business expenses, you know, three years from now? Yeah, right. people that – People that haven't had unemployment problems are going to be paying higher premiums. Exactly, everybody is. Exactly, and it's it's yeah. basically higher taxes in, in a in a roundabout sort of way where of course they, it is. they were forced they were forced into it. It right. wasn't a well, you know, you can you can continue to do business. No, it was a mandated shutdown, and it's a government mandated shutdown. It's what it was. Yeah, and you know you had to take advantage of the insurance policy you took on, but now you look three years from now and you're going to be paying for taking advantage of it. That's right. Absolutely insane. Yeah, and that's something similar happened to banks when they had to pay more in FDIC insurance right. in after 08 or 09. And that's right. Smaller banks couldn't bear the, the burden, you know, so mm -hmm. it, it gave an unfair advantage to the bigger banks. You look back at the financial crisis, you know, when they were doing the QE, uh, what they get to four at the time during, during the crisis, um, you were seeing the law diminishing returns every time they would go it back. It wasn't working as well. It wasn't working. So like you were saying, you know, putting the IV line, you know, a main yeah. line, but you know, right now you're seeing the markets react to these, you know, new round of QE, um, you know, uh, it, the question remains, you know, how, how quickly will those diminishing returns come from that if they have to continue doing it? Because it's, you know, how long does the shutdown last? Uh, so, you know, w what will the returns be on the Fed's actions right now? And I, I think to just add a positive glimmer, I hope before the bottom of the hour is, is that, you know, we weren't in a situation of, of over leverage on, you know, household balance sheets or anything like that. So, mm -hmm. You know, the ability to maybe recover from this maybe is a little bit of a better ability than it was in 08, 09 from that standpoint. All right. Yeah, Let's, but you got more people out of work. You got to go to, we got to go to a break. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group, coming to you from the Dupree Financial Group Studios on Main Street. We'll be right back. Has the weather taken a toll on your home's foundation and concrete slabs? All the heat, rain, freezing, and settling can wreak havoc on your foundation. Cracked walls, cracked brick, and sinking concrete can all be repaired economically by Dwyer. No job is too big or too small for Dwyer. 
call today for your free estimate, 859-231-0998. The region's largest and most trusted name in raising sunken concrete and fixing foundations. Don't wait for the problem to get worse. Visit DwyerCompanies.com to learn more. These days, being a small business means navigating uncertainty in a constantly changing situation. So if you're looking for one trusted source that will keep you informed daily, visit the iHeartRadio Small Business Crisis Resource. There you'll find small business resources to help you get through this, including the latest info on loans, grants, and other forms of relief. You'll also see stories about small businesses making a difference. So let's get through this together. Visit iHeart.com slash small business today. That's iHeart.com slash small business. Battery power made by steel. From trimmers and mowers to chainsaws and blowers, steel battery tools are exactly what you need to tackle your to-do list. Whether you need to maintain your yard or completely transform your landscape, battery power made by steel. Steel is not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot, always at a local steel dealer. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. Lowe's and the Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. This is the Kentucky News Network. On Friday, Governor Andy Bashir announced 141 new COVID-19 cases along with five new deaths in Kentucky. But the governor believes the cases are not only at a plateau, but are also declining. Bashir also discussed Kentucky's delayed primary now being held June 23rd. In his daily briefing Friday, Bashir introduced Secretary of State Michael Adams. We actually have made voting easier than it was before under the unique circumstances that we have at the moment. The secretary outlined four ways to vote that include in-person on Election Day, early at county clerk's office, absentee ballot by mail, and absentee ballot by dropping off at a clerk's office. If you haven't registered to vote, the deadline is May 26th. Go to the website GoVoteKY.com. I'm Suzanne Duvall. Restaurants in Kentucky on Friday reopened, but only to 33% capacity at this time. I'm Sean Gallagher. This is the Kentucky News Network. It's not a question of do we reopen. As we edge towards phased reopening. It's a question of how. We'll bring you all the information you need to make safe and intelligent decisions for you and your family. It's been encouraging to watch states begin to open up. Because when you want to know the who, what, when, and where. It's a beautiful thing to see as restrictions are lifted. It's got to start now. News Radio 630 WLAP. on to a mix of sunny clouds and a steamy Saturday across the bluegrass. Temperatures into the low 80s. Watch out for a scattered thunderstorm or two that will pop up. Certainly not going to rain the entire day. Similar setup into Sunday and into Memorial Day itself. Highs into the low and middle 80s. Overnight lows 65 to 70. The chance for scattered thunderstorms on both days. Have a great and safe weekend from the WKYT First Alert Weather Center. I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. If there's one thing that the class of 2020 has learned, it's to expect the unexpected. So to help them on their journey, iHeartRadio is launching Commencement, a new podcast featuring speeches from the biggest names. Commencement is in partnership with the 2020 Census, which gives you the opportunity to help shape the future of our country for the next 10 years. Complete the census at 2020census.gov. Then listen to iHeartRadio's new podcast, Commencement. Speeches are out now on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. During this time of massive change, you should know that Zip Recruiter's focus has not changed. They're still doing what they've always done, 
helping people find work and helping businesses find the right people for their open roles. Now, if you're looking for a job, ZipRecruiter is working with you to find the right job faster. They're dedicated to helping you get hired from caretaking to delivering food and goods, to building medical facilities, supplying protective equipment, so many other opportunities as well. In fact, ZipRecruiter's app will send you up-to-date job openings so you can be one of the first to apply. And if you're actively hiring, ZipRecruiter will invite candidates to apply to your most urgent roles, making it faster and easier to reach the people you need. By connecting people who need jobs and companies that need people, ZipRecruiter is working with all of us so we can keep moving forward. See it come together, ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. 630 WLAP. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. We have got a soundbite, I understand. Um, and here's our host, Tom Dupree. Philip, tell us, or just go ahead and yeah, play it. So got this soundbite uh it's a uh, mike Rowe, the the old host of dirty jobs um he's putting this into perspective in a in a weird sort of way something to really think about you talk about this whole situation the, the of shut the shutdown and how we need to get back to work exactly here's the thing i mentioned this i think to glenn beck the other day you know the thing nobody is thinking about when, with regard to a premature opening versus an unnecessary sequestration, is what happened to the Brits in 39, right? I mean, Hitler dropped a lot of bombs on London every day, day after day, day after day after day. For weeks, they stayed in, hunkered in the bunker, in the air raid shelters. And then about three weeks into it, they started venturing out. Bombs were still falling, right? Started opening shops. The bombs were still falling. They opened the schools. The bombs were still falling. They were cleaning up. Now, I'm not saying for mm -hmm. a second that we ought to do anything premature, but I'm saying that no matter what we do first is going to feel premature. doesn't matter what it is. It's going to feel reckless. It has to by definition. But the thing is, what really drove the Brits out of their bunkers I, I wasn't there. I don't really know. But from what I've read, my sense of it is they got bored. They got they got bored of being terrorized. And they just said, no. And and they had enough time, as horrific as it was, they had enough time to let it sit for a minute and let you know, there's no way you're coming out after day two or five or eight or twelve. Fourteen? Mm. Twenty? Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's very personal. And there's a herd mentality, just as surely as there is a herd immunity. And the first ones to go will look reckless and crazy, but then others will follow. And then pretty soon you're a guy who gets behind the wheel of your car and drives across the state, knowing full well that 40,000 people are going to die this year as a result of traffic fatalities. But you get mm -hmm. in and you and you strap up. And look, you do a lot of things. I mentioned Cuomo earlier, and I'll circle back. If you really believed it, if you really believed it, then yeah, why never... not get together? Just get together with the governors and say, look, we're lowering the speed limits to 20. We're all wearing helmets and uh, we're outlawing left turns. You could save 40,000 <laughs> lives this year. 
But you won't do that because we have baked the risk into our lives. And at base, we are a safety third kind of people. Yeah, that's kind of interesting because they have focused completely on the danger of getting this virus. And I've got a elderly uh, father of a friend of mine. He's stuck, basically, in a room in a nursing home in Georgia. He won't let his daughter come in. They bring the food to the door. He takes it and puts the dishes outside. He won't let him come in to clean his room. He's so scared of getting this virus and the way you die if you get it. Supposedly, you suffocate. He won't live his life. He's stuck in a room, and and people have focused on this thing, and they're forgetting about life. I, th- I think that really puts it into perspective, too. You know, just just from a, some statistical thing, you know, as more and more data comes out of these these studies and what the CDC puts out, you know, you you're looking at. If you contract the virus, you know, uh, the, of all the people that contract the virus, a mortality rate of maybe less than 1%, you know, versus put it into perspective, if you're in a building and a bomb hits it, you're probably up closer to 99%. <laughs> you know, it's, it, but, you know, to, to fathom that people were having b- bombs being dropped in a city and just went about their daily lives, right? you know, that was London. They they yeah. they just knew they they'd hear an air raid siren and they'd go hide somewhere and the bombs would come down and then when the air raid siren was over with they'd come back out. And I think you know for a, a argument of reopening too, you know it, it's when when bombs are being dropped, bombs are non-discriminatory. They don't care if you're five years old or fifty-five years yeah. old; they're gonna blow you up. You know, it, it, uh, this virus seems to be a little more discriminatory as to who it really attacks on a on a hard scale basis. So, you know, why why are perfectly healthy, you know, 30, 40, 50 year olds holed up in a bunker in their house, you know, panicking right now? And that that's where it really puts it into a perspective. Well, and everybody is every day consciously or not it, assessing risk you know doing risk reward you right. know um and but you do that yourself you know we do that every day with investments you know what's the risk versus the potential reward risk reward you know if i you know you go out and you have that extra piece of cake risk reward you know what every decision is based on that right. and you know right now people aren't allowed fully to to assess on their own risk reward do i want to go out and work or stay home or do i want to go to the restaurant or stay home or so it's we did go to a restaurant today we had lunch at a restaurant it was a 30 percent capacity i 33. guess with 33 percent capacity you know 
Yeah, there were, it was us and a couple other people in there, and that was about it. So it's, you know, allowing people to make educated decisions. Right. You know, you edu- it's, well, what, what's our thing? Educate, guide, and empower. Yeah. We try to educate people, our listeners, on financial matters to be able to make decisions. Um, and so it's, it's all about having the information, risk reward. Um, and that's what, the, that's what this whole shutdown has gotten totally upside down because yeah. the information's been false. It's been in, in, inaccurate. The information has. Well, yeah. And, and it, it seems like just as uh, when you finally get a grasp of things and they, they flip it on you and say, Oh no, we were wrong. And, and you're exactly right. You know, and, and I think that the farther along you get, the more people kind of bake in the risk. And uh, I was, I was telling a Darsh before this was that, you know, I feel like when you look out in the future, you know, five, six, seven months from now, people are going to be going about their daily lives. The, the vast majority of people, and there still probably won't be a vaccine. They'll just be over it in in some sort of circumstance. Just like in London, hey, I'm over it. I'm I'm getting on with my life. Well, and there was a, a California doctor on um, a YouTube video, and I have the sound bite. I don't know if I'm brave enough to try to stick it to the microphone and see if it plays or not. But to summarize it, he went through the whole situation of immunity, and when you're it, quarantine is the definite it's for sick people it's not for well people and when people that are well quarantine themselves they compromise their immune their immune system because they're not being exposed to germs that help their system fight off other germs and when you're constantly wiping frantically wiping down everything with bleach and wiping everything down with alcohol and i am a big germaphobe so for me to to buy into this whole thing is i mean there's a lot of truth to it people are going to come like your friend in georgia tom he's actually putting himself at greater risk by locking himself down like that um and and everybody else it this is it's like the financial world this is just we're just going to start to see the beginning of the effects of all these things that government and the cdc is they've had us to, to do well and is another article that you had pulled up philip was on birth rates and you see how this is even affecting the birth with the so the u.s birth rate have been declining you know per capita for some time now but people are putting off babies because of this and and so you're you're seeing it even in that aspect of life you're seeing it twofold you're seeing people putting off having a kid from a standpoint of a moral hazard of do you want to put a doctor at risk or you know i've I've seen that quote or you know the the hospital capacity overwhelmed overwhelmed and things like that but also on the flip side you're seeing a you know where so many people are unemployed as as you said tom that you know people are looking at their financial well-being and saying, do I need to have a kid right now? And what this does on the long-term rate, you know, Japan is a prime example of Darsh, and you can speak to this, is that they're they're on two decades now of fighting deflation, 
And it's because their birth rate is so much lower. You know, that their that population continues to age greater and greater every single year. And you know, that that right there could be a, a very large threat, um, you know, if you don't have higher birth rates in the future. That, that's true, yes. And uh, whenever there's economic stagnation, birth rates do tend to decline. Uh, we've seen that in Japan. We saw that even here uh, during the financial crisis where birth rates uh, around that time declined in any economic uh, crisis. So that's true. The question now is how quickly will... Uh, things bounce back, you know, three months from now, are we going to be back to normal? Or does this have long-term uh, repercussions where, you know, people just don't go back to work for a while and, you know, uh, that that could really make it worse. Let's take a, our last break. We'll be back for the fourth segment of the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. We'll be right back. A lot has happened. 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 The World Health Organization. It came from China. China is still refused to share details. Black and white. Take a look at what's going on. 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 Unemployment reopening. How do we do this? This. this. We're making progress, America. We will be back. Back. Get this. There's more stories. Joe Biden sexually assaulted someone. It's not one. Believe him when he says it didn't happen. I still can't believe it. There's so many things happening. And what happens next? happens here. Be ready. News Radio 630 WLAP. I'm Tom Dupree of Dupree Financial Group. We've been through a lot lately. COVID, the market decline, it's enough already. The good news is we are back in our offices and can do face-to-face meetings with clients and prospects. This gives us the ability to better explain our investment style and give proper advice for each client. We still support the reopening of Kentucky. It's not happening fast enough, and Kentucky's nation-leading unemployment rate is an example of that. For that, look to our governor and his staff. We'd love the opportunity to meet with you if you've recently been furloughed or laid off to help you with the investment of your 401k or 403b plan. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 233-0400-630-WLAP. Welcome back to the last segment this week of the Tom Dupree Show. And here's our host, Tom Dupree. So, um, in light of everything we've talked about, you know, just the craziness of the way the markets are and people are right now, what are we seeing to invest in? What, what's making sense in here? Yeah. So anytime you have that big, big dislocation in the market things, you know, there are opportunities, um, you know, in, you look in financials, um, be it insurance companies. I mean, really in terms of value from a a valuation standpoint, anything other than technology and biotech from a valuation standpoint, look attractive. Now you can still make a case even for technology and biotech. Um, but you know, for our clients, uh, which primarily are in retirement or getting ready to retire, um, it's, it's a, we take a value approach and an income approach. And right now it's, it's attractive because you have, you know, 
the the possibility of getting a good yield and uh, with long term potential growth because things are cheaper now than they were before. Right. So you the the biggest thing is having the relationship with someone, somebody that you know during times like this that can you know steer you, keep you on track, if you will, and you know not make rash emotional decisions where it really hurts you you know a a drop like we've had here is not fun for anybody but it's to keep our clients on track on a path to try to take a long-term perspective you know you stand up above the weeds take a long-term perspective see where the end result is or what the end goal is yeah and then you know uh, just as we've been preaching you know now is not the time to stand still with your with your financial and retirement decisions you know just as it is now is not the time to stand still with your work with your work life you know and and in the firm we we haven't stood still um you know it's we've adapted uh you know using things like zoom uh you know we can we can do we can basically do everything from start to finish remotely at this point and zoom is our video conferencing platform that we've been using to meet and do our client reviews as well as meet with new customers. And Mike, what did you say? It was about 75% right now of our meetings. And and who got us on Zoom? <laughs> it was me. Yeah, probably 75% right now. Uh, are still, we're still doing, you know, on Zoom, doing remotely. We have clients that want to come in, um, you know, sit down with us. We're happy to do that. Um, but you know, it's, it's, some people aren't comfortable with that right now. So we'll do a zoom call, you know, we can share the screens, show all the reports, email. So it's amazing what technology can do anymore, what you can do with technology. It truly is. You know, that's, that's a a question from a long-term investment standpoint, I'll I'll pose to y'all, um, with, you know, I know with unemployment where it is, some people will not go back to work Uh because companies, they can use crises like this as a way to become more efficient, become more profitable. Right. So some people will not be going back in the same capacity they were because, you know, technology, you know, can replace certain things. Doesn't that equate to a more profitable company in the long run? So when we're looking at sectors or companies to invest in from a long-term perspective, they can use things like this, uh, even, to their advantage that that's true and we saw a little bit of that after the financial crisis when you know uh, companies were able to become a little more efficient uh, and implementing technology uh, means uh, that productivity increases which it's really been hard to define productivity in this world of you know with uber and all that where when you look look at the data, it doesn't seem like productivity is increasing, but we all know that, you know, our lives are simpler, perhaps, you know, we are saving times. The gig economy. Yes. So. Which is a way of people being more productive with their time. Right. Doing different things. Uh, my son just hanging out, driving DoorDash, making a hundred bucks. A, a day, sometimes more than that. Yeah, you know, just driving food from one place to another. Mm-hmm. 
when he's not playing poker. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the college kid. <laughs> so, no, that's 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 true. The I, I guess the challenge becomes, you know, if technology replaces some of these jobs, then what do people who lose those jobs do? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the arguments is that eventually they move on to other jobs, but that process is not always that simple or that easy. Uh, so that's the, that's uh, the greater challenge that many societies face now. Right. Uh, and that's why we've been hearing talks of uh, things like universal basic income, which, you know, uh, it's, it's a pretty crazy idea, you know, given how the society is structured. But part of the reason behind it is that what if technology replaces many jobs? What happens then? I think to your point too, Adarsh, uh, one of the things that isn't being talked about a whole lot, but you know, when, when you see jobs replaced by technology, um, a lot of times what you have to do is you have to have a, um, you have to learn a new trade of sorts and what happens when people are, you know, 65, 70 years old and you try to tell them that they have to learn a new trade. What you see is you could see a a massive spike in kind of a, almost a semi forced retirement. And you know, that's where, you know, something though, I don't buy that because I, I'm 63. I've having to reinvent myself my whole life, and people have to do that. Yeah, but you you've always reinvented yourself in the same kind of pool. If I took you out of a a pool and threw you into something completely, you've always been in the financial system. You know, True, if I said it, you, it's changed so it, much though. In, in, if I looked at you today though, Thomas said you gotta be an electrician. What are you gonna tell me? <laughs> Tom doesn't I, need I, to be an electrician. You know what? I I would go learn how to be an electrician. Okay. Well, there'd be a lot of people that probably wouldn't. You know, <laughs> I know, but 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 you know what? That's a good place to just stop for. It goes any further down the rabbit hole. Tom Dupree is going to stay in the financial business, and we would love to hear from you. Um, yeah. Like like we said, we're going to be doing Zoom calls. We're we're happy to see people in person as well as we're open back up um, for business. You can check us out on Facebook. Go to our website www.dupreefinancial.com. Uh, we have a the radio show post on there, and we've got a blog. And um, there's some you can get links to different things we've talked about on the show. Uh, we are down on Main Street. We're broadcasting from down on Main Street. We still are not back in the studios. We look forward. Maybe we'll just stay here. We kind of like this gig, don't we? But thank you for listening. You have been listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. We're from our studios on Main Street, and we will talk to you next week. Everybody want to say goodbye? Take care. Bye. See ya. Always just minutes away from the latest news around town and around the world. You need to know what's going on. News Radio 630 WLAP.